Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. And Joe, the, the biggest story I think in the sports world, or at least down here, has been Tennessee's crazy coaching search and not even necessarily the, the search they had to get a new coach, more so the firing that they did of Jeremy Pruitt and the way it was done so as to avoid paying him any money on his buyout and firing four calls. Yeah, it was quite the story last week. I think it was January 18th when we saw that news reported. And there was a lot going on there, kind of wondering, you know, how that was going to shake out long term. And a lot of people, you know, kind of speculating that Tennessee was trying to avoid, you know, further penalty down the road. And I even um, read some reports that some Ole Miss enthusiasts thought that maybe Ole Miss should have actually done the same thing with Hugh Freeze back in uh, January 2016 when they originally got the notice of allegations. But regardless of that, um, definitely a big story last week. And then today, it was kind of culminated by the news that they finally hired a coach. Yeah, well, not only that, Joe, they, they had the, uh, the double whammy. They had to get a new athletic director and a new coach because as soon as the news came out about them firing Jeremy Pruitt, you also heard that Phil Fulmer was retiring as AD from Tennessee. And so not only did they get the two-for-fire resignation, they got the two for Central Florida. So they hired Danny White as the uh, athletics director who was the AD at UCF. And literally about a week after Danny White came as uh, athletics director, he hired his old head coach, Josh Heupel, to be the new Tennessee coach. So I guess from a synergy standpoint, you can't really beat that. No, I thought about that too. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, very interesting that they came from the same school, kind of back-to-back. Um, you could say with Heifel, the only thing about him is UCF has not been quite as good since he took over. You know, they're not quite to the level that they were with Scott Frost. It's almost like each year they got a little bit worse. But at the same time, while Scott Frost looked like it was a monster hire in Nebraska three years ago, he's kind of had a pedestrian career so far there. And so maybe Heifel pans out at Tennessee but you still kind of feel like it's this never-ending cycle, Dan, with Tennessee football where they just cannot completely cash in on who that they're um, really trying to hire. No, I mean, Heupel to me is not a very exciting hire. Um, I thought Scott Frost was a great coach at UCF. I mean, he beat Auburn the year we almost went to the, the you know, went to the playoff when we had beaten Alabama and Georgia back-to-back in 2017. Um and, you know, him so far in Nebraska has been very underwhelming. They haven't gone to a bowl game yet. They've had some brief moments where they like there was a little bit of improvement, but not at all what you were expecting, which was for him to be the, the returning son of, of Nebraska and lead him back to being one of the better programs, I think, in the Big Ten. That definitely has not taken place yet. Um, and with Heupel, he hasn't done anything near what Scott Frost did at UCF. He hasn't taken him to an undefeated season. And every year it seems like they're taking steps a little further back. They lost one game their first year. And then this past year they lost, I think, four games and lost two or three games the year before. And he's got one of the best quarterbacks in America right now in Dylan Gabriel. So he didn't really have much of an excuse on that. I mean, he's got a lot more talented quarterback than pretty much any other D1 program. So Heupel, to me, is a little bit of a disappointing hire. But I will say, Joe, I'm a fair person. And you could also say that Auburn hired the less successful Boise State coach. 
So, you know, I think if I was a Tennessee fan and an Auburn fan tried to make fun of me about Heupel, I would make the same comment about Brian Harson that he didn't do quite as good at Boise State as Chris Peterson did. Yeah, I mean, that, that's very true. You know, it's a little bit um, kind of disappointing, I think, for Tennessee, absolutely. But that's kind of been the theme for them, you know, over the last decade plus. Just kind of missing out narrowly sometimes on who they really want. Um, but, you know, it was a big day just in general in college football and SEC as we saw a lot of the schedules released. And so I know that, you know, it's only late January, but before we know it, you know, we're going to have National Signing Day Part 2, I think, next week. And then, you know, spring practice will be here and we'll be well on our way. That's right, Joe. And it seems like things are progressing. Uh and, you know, one thing about the SEC is even in the pandemic year, you're still replacing three head coaches right now. So you replaced, all, you know, Gus Malzahn with Brian Horson at Auburn at South Carolina. You replaced uh, Muschamp with uh, Beamer and then at Vanderbilt. No, you got four, about four head coaching changes. And then Vanderbilt, of course, you get uh, the Notre Dame defensive coordinator replacing uh, – replacing Derek Mason, who's now on his defense coordinator, and then now Tennessee Heupel replacing Pruitt. I'll say this, Joe. What's really interesting to me about it is all offseason, all I could hear about was the fact that Hugh Freeze would go crawling on his hands and knees up to Knoxville to be Tennessee's next coach, how that's the job that he always wanted. And then as soon as you saw the reason they were firing Pruitt, you knew there was no way they could ever hire Hugh Freeze. So I just kind of found that to be ironic. No, it really is. And I found it also interesting that people kept saying that was his dream job with him being from Mississippi. I always thought that, too. There's a connection there. I wondered the same things. I mean, he's from Senatobia, right, which is basically like 45 minutes outside of Oxford. And I never – yeah, to me, all this seems like it would probably be more likely his dream job than Tennessee is. I've always wondered the same thing. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe it's like his dream job part two now that he'd never even be the oldest coach. <laughs> it's his uh it's his secondary dream. Yeah, that could be it. But, you know, point is Tennessee seems like there's always some kind of big person they go for. I know for many years it was like John Gruden was the white whale that Tennessee always went for. It never worked out. Uh all I ever heard about in chat rooms and on the on the news and radio was that they wanted, you know, that they wanted Hugh Freeze. This was his dream job. Now they're not going to get him. Uh, I mean, I, I just, you know, I heard a lot of word about James Franklin, which that one was laughable to me that he would consider going to Tennessee and leaving Penn State for that one. Uh, I know that, you know, Auburn had briefly mentioned James Franklin as well, but to me, that's a much different situation than what Tennessee has. And the people think that he would even consider leaving Penn State for that is ridiculous to me. Yeah, yeah, I think you raised a good point about the John Gruden White Will. Yeah, I remember that like seven or eight years ago, especially. It was like every year people were talking about him being, you know, a candidate for Tennessee. It kind of seems like for whatever reason that job is like that. It's like they, they just never can quite get who they want, and they're always searching for somebody else. Yeah, I mean, this is why they're a program to me that – has a lot more expectations than what is uh, realistic for where they are. Um, you know, if you look at it, uh, a lot of people talk about how Nebraska is a program that's a blue blood that is probably never going to get it back. They're, they're too far removed from being good. Well, if that's your comment about Nebraska, they've been 
uh, a national player more recently than Tennessee has. I mean, at least Nebraska played a national championship game in the 2000s. Tennessee hasn't done anything since 1998 when they won the national championship with T. Martin. And at this point, I mean, I think Tennessee is – I don't even know if I would consider them in the upper part of the SEC right now. I mean, where do you consider that job in the SEC? I mean, in my mind, I'd say that it's not as good as Alabama, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Auburn. So now we're at least at five. I would say um, A&M's a better job than them, so that's six. Ahead of them already. Uh, I mean, I guess probably after that, if you got everything right, it's probably the seventh best job. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, do you, do you think that that's probably about right, or do you think that there's that they should be higher up than that? I don't see how you could possibly put them ahead of any of the six programs I had in terms of a football job. No, I, I don't either. And I think that, you know, as far as momentum, you could actually put them even further. Oh, definitely. You felt like, you know, with what Lane Kiffin's building, you thought they could be really good the next year or two. Um, and, you know, even South Carolina, to me, you know, it's, you know, pretty good facilities and everything. I don't think it's a bad job. Um, so, I mean, I think that the danger for Tennessee is that, you know, they're clearly so far behind Florida and Georgia in the east, and then suddenly, you know, they're flirting with uh, even being behind Missouri and South Carolina at times. Well, and you look at what Missouri has done since they've been in the SEC. They've been a more successful program than Tennessee has. South Carolina has had some highs that are better than what Tennessee has, and consistently they haven't been that far removed from what Tennessee is. So that's definitely a danger. You know, with every hire they have that's not very awe-inspiring, the further they go down, I mean, you talk about now that there's websites that list the amount of days it's been since uh, Tennessee has beat Nick Saban and beaten Alabama. They've never beaten Nick Saban the entire time he's been in Tuscaloosa. And it's not one of those teams that plays them every other year. They play them every single year. And so now we're talking about kids that are being recruited by Tennessee that have never beaten Alabama. They've never seen Tennessee beat Alabama. And that's got to be something that just destroys you in the recruiting room. Without a doubt. I mean, it's hard to even really consider that a rivalry anymore, the way Alabama's just been dominating that year in and year out. And so many of the games are just blowouts and lopsided affairs. Yeah, I mean, so I think, that's all I got. Also, think Kentucky is kind of overtaking Tennessee to an extent, which is hard to believe. Did you watch that Tennessee Kentucky game last year? I, mean, I think they threw like three pick sixes, and Kentucky dominated them. I mean, Kentucky's a much more stable job right now, and that was a name that got mentioned a lot early on in the Tennessee coaching search was Mark Stoops leaving Kentucky to go to Tennessee. And if you were him, why on earth would you ever make that move? You got the program that's fully behind you, that likes your incremental success you have. There's not a lot of pressure there. Basketball programs always taking number one viewpoint with them. And suddenly you're gonna to go to a program that already has a good basketball program. They expect their football program to be better, and they expect you to compete with the likes of Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, but you're light years behind that. Why would you even consider that? And I think that's another thing that kind of hurts Tennessee is for whatever reason, you know, kind of based on what you said, the prime candidates are turned off by Tennessee. They just know kind of what to expect and that it's going to be a fickle fan base and it's going to be tough to win there. And so they just kind of end up having to settle at times. And, and again, you know, I don't think Heifel's a bad hire. 
but it's just hard to imagine when you compare him to the uh, strength of the other SEC coaches. I mean, how could he realistically expect to do any better? I don't know. And, and you know, I was not, you know, when I saw that, that hire today, I was like, okay. That was about the level of excitement I had with Josh Heupel when I saw that. And I'm sure a lot of Tennessee fans probably were pretty similar in, in their enthusiasm for that hire, especially when all they've been talking about all week is we're going to make a revolutionary hire. And you're Clay, Clay Travis out there spouting about how five like very successful Power Five coaches have called him personally about Tennessee being you know where they want to get a coach at. Well, if they hired Josh Heupel and go and say that's not true. <laughs> they were. Yeah, he was, I think with Heupel after he went six and four this year. I was thinking long term, his future at UCF might even be, you know, questionable in the year or two, much less get a big job like that. Yeah, I mean, compared to what they had at UCF, six and four is a very bad season. So I got to think that's a little bit of a disappointing hire. And Joe, the last thing that I want to talk about before we move on to our next subject in a new podcast is do you think the Tennessee fans now that did what I did and, you know, tried to stop the Kevin Steele hire? back then with Auburn, the ones that stopped the Greg Schiano hire now on legendary Schiano Sunday, where they all posted part of the deposition transcript from, you know, the Penn State days and did everything on earth to not hire him. I think they're regretting that now because Schiano looks so much better than Pruitt did. Schiano did quite a good job at, at uh, Rutgers in his first year. And, oh, by the way, he had Rutgers number one in America when he was their coach last time. I never understood what Tennessee did to to stop the Shiano hire because I think the guy's a great football coach. No, he really is. I know he struggled in the NFL with the Bucks, but I mean, who didn't struggle in the NFL with the Bucks before Tom Brady got there with Bruce Arians? And so I think that you know that was uh, too quick to kind of overreact there, and um, you know Tennessee's just kind of been stuck in you know this uh, trend of uh, mediocrity. It just kind of seems like they're going to continue to be there probably as long as Nick Saban's at Alabama. Yeah, I don't see any end in sight for it. And we'll see. Like I said, Heupel was a very good college quarterback. Fun fact, you want to talk about programs that won a national championship in a while. The last time Oklahoma won a national championship was when Josh Heupel was the quarterback back in 2000. That one's hard to believe because they have maintained a lot of success since then, just haven't won the big one. Yeah, that's true. It is hard to believe when you think about how often they've been in the playoff and won the Big 12. Well, you know, that is why they call uh, Big Game Bob, Big Game Bob. That's not a compliment. That's making fun of him for the fact that he always loses the big game. Yeah, right. All right, Joe, with that being said, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some big games that we had last week in our next podcast talking about uh, NFL Championship Weekend. And if you want to listen to all of our old shows, they're available on Spotify. Look up the Dan and Joe Sports Show. Got our full library right there. You can catch us every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on Facebook Live. And we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and we're the first one that comes up when you search Dan Jess Show on the internet. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Jeff.